I'll pretend like I'm in a stadium, man. Lord has just really showed me some things. Uh, how many of you here a couple Sundays morning ago when I got to speak? How many of you? Okay, maybe half. Good, I'm going to review a little bit and uh, kind of go into some of that. I spoke on the title of my sermon then was Consider Him, just Consider Jesus. So the title of this is Consider Him Part 2, First the Head. <laughs> You'll say, what does that mean? I'm going to show you. So we're going to start out in Hebrews 12, verse 3. 12-3. See, I should have had some stuff up on the thing there, but I hadn't got that figured. I think they do apple back there, and I don't do apple, but anyway. Hebrews 12-3 goes like this. says, For consider him who endured such hostility. King James Version says, Contradiction from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged or faint in your soul. So consider him. Consider Jesus who endures. I got a ring up here. Turn me down. Do something, guys. I'm about to get another. Where'd my sound man go? Did we lose the sound man? Turn me down. I'm, I'm ringing up here. Nobody knows how. Let's try this mic. Does this need more? work? Nope. Turn it up a little. Turn this one up. Check, check, check. All right, we'll do this one then. For consider him who endured. That's Jesus. What did he endure? He endured such hostility. And he endured it from sinners against himself. Now, he wants you to do that unless you become weary and faint in your soul. The uh, message translation talks about it like this. Go over that story again and again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline in your soul. That's what we all need. I'm telling you, somebody who is fainting in their soul, if you break that down, I'm, again, you could get my, my tape, uh, my, my recording, whatever it is on the, on the uh, web. I listened to it. I, 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 was, I was wiping a few tears away because I could tell the Lord really used me, you know. What is it? Am I still ringing? You can't hear me real well. I'm going to go back here and fix my own sound. Father, we love you tonight. I'm so thankful I'm with my family. I'm so thankful, Father, for my foundry brothers. I love my foundry brothers. I'm so thankful, Father, that you give us revelation and wisdom and the knowledge of you. Father, we thank you that you share your spirit with us without measure. We thank you that you love us. Turn the monitors down, turn the mains up. That's what we're going to do right there. Now, how about that? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? All right. Like I say, in my spirit, I'm in a stadium, guys. All right. So Jesus endured. He endured a long litany, the Bible says, a long list of things. And we talked about Sunday morning that they weren't random. Everything he went through had a meaning. And if you can understand and unlock the code of that meaning, it will change your life. Everything he did, everything he suffered, everything he went through, it's a recipe for your success. And the code is you got to get with him enough to let him show you what he did and let him impart to you, let him download, translate, if you will, what he did so it can help you. In other words, why, why, why would you let somebody blindfold you and hit you? Because, again, he told Pilate, you ain't got no power unless my Father from heaven gives it to you. See what I'm you? He said, dude, I'm come Pilate said, hey, I, I really ain't wanting to do this. I ain't wanting to crucify you so come here I've heard about you he didn't say a word Jesus didn't say a word he said don't you understand who I am because see Pilate knew who he was Pilate knew who he was more 
then the Jews knew he, who he was. He heard he was the son of God, and he had heard what he'd done. And he, in fact, he wanted some of that. Because them, them Caesars of that day thought they were God too. They did. They were raised from birth thinking they were gods too. So he said, look, look, look. What's going on? He wouldn't talk. Don't you know I had the power to take your lives? Jesus just said, hey, you ain't got no power unless Father in heaven gives it to you. Okay? So that tells me right there God was orchestrating what went on. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So consider him. Consider him. Breaking that down in the Greek means go over it again and again and again. Don't just pass through it and think you understand it. Because I'm telling you, every time I'm going back to this, the Lord has showed me more and more about it. And that's why I'm here tonight. That's why I'm here tonight. My, my, my buddy Mark, uh, Mark and I are building a motor. I got this real fancy hot rod Volkswagen motor, and I'm just itching to crank it. I'm just itching to crank it. But I'm like, no, I'm going to choose. I'm, I'm going to choose you. I'm going I'm to learn something from you, Lord. Motors can wait, but, but freeing, freeing folks' lives can't. Okay? So Mark said, who were you at last night? I said, I was studying, man. I got to get before the Lord. Let him teach me some things so I can, so I can show it to you guys. So going through and meditating on what Jesus did for us over and over again, keyword chewing on it, chewing on what Jesus did, we are inwardly strengthened in our soulless realm and can begin to reap the benefits of what and why he suffered like he did. And Lord told me to write this down. Keep chewing, no matter how bitter it tastes, no matter how unpleasant it is to your palate, keep chewing, keep chewing. Keep, keep, keep chewing it so you can get it in you, and it'll, it'll change you. It'll change you. I had, I had two things wrong with my body. As I studied this, they, they, they went away. Nothing bad, but it bothered me every day. It bothered me every day. We went to Six Flags two weeks ago. It bothered me every, everywhere I went through that park. It, of course, I noticed three things. I had something wrong with my foot. My, one of my feet was hurting me. You know, I'll be 55 uh, next January, and I don't feel old at all except when I try to run with my wife <laughs> I'll try to ride rides with my 14-year-old, 15-year-old. <laughs> I feel a little old when I do that, man. In fact, I'm going to hush. I'm, I'm just, just kind of loosening y'all up a little bit. We'd been at Six Flags all day. I had done I had done kind of kind of swallowed everything down once before lunch. And it was getting toward the end of the day. And Daniel said, Daddy, would you ride the Goliath one more time? And I said, yeah. He said, would you? I said, yeah. I said, I tell you what, we're going to do an experiment. I said, I'm going to ride it till I puke. I was kidding. Third time. Daddy's fixing to lose his belly. <laughs> Daddy's fixing to lose what's in his stomach. I said, I can't, I can't do this no more. So we go to Wendy's, and Wendy says, what are you thinking? I said, I'm thinking whether to throw up in their bathroom or out by the truck tailgate, you know. So I only feel old in two things, trying to chase my wife running and trying to chase my son riding rides at Six Flags. But anyway, so lest you be weary. The word weary in Greek is the word komete. Somebody's slowly being worn out, just drained, man. Lord, give me a vision of a tire, a tire losing his air. So annoying. Just you can't get it going. Every time you try to go somewhere, it's hindering what you're trying to do. And just just, just losing. And John the Baptist said he wasn't worthy to unloose Jesus' sandals. And, and he was talking about to loosen his sandals so they'll just slip off. That's what that word means, be weary. You just get so loose, you just slip away, man. This Understanding what Jesus did for you will fix that. Will fix that. So let's, let's, let's go back. Who remembers the story of Moses and the children of Israel? Who remembers that? Who's heard of something called a Passover? Who's heard of that? Okay. The Passover briefly was uh, uh, we, we, we had asked Pharaoh very nicely to let my people go. We had, we had, we had, we had started out real, 
real nice. And well, plague started coming. They started out kind of kind of mild. They got worse. You know, I mean, I can I can I can deal with some frogs if I had to. Uh, I don't know about them locusts. They're 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 bad. Boils on my face. That's getting kind of close, you know. But the final and last, the tenth plague that 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 that, that Moses told Pharaoh is, hey, if you don't let God's people go, the firstborn in the whole land, everything in the whole land that's the firstborn will die. And I learned that. I thought it was just the children, just the kids. No, it was the animals. It, it was the cats and the dogs and the sheep and the oxen. So, I mean, that was some death and stinking going on in that, in that area right there. Well, we know that God told the children of Israel through Moses to put blood on the doorpost, right? Put blood on the doorpost on the side of the post the top of the post, and as the death angel came through, he'd see the blood, and he would pass over your house if he saw that. And I made a reference to a movie with Christian Bale called uh, Gods and Kings. If you get to watch that, watch it, because there's one line in that movie when Pharaoh's got all the boils on his face. He's holding his dead son. His pretty mama's screaming about her baby, and all of a sudden, Christian Bale, as Moses says, not a Hebrew children was touched. And that just rang, that just struck me, man. Not a Hebrew children child was touched last night. Well, that, that was enough to let them go. But what I want to focus in on is a scripture in Exodus 12, 8 through 10. He told them, he says, that night before the Passover, before the death angel passed over them, he said, then they shall eat flesh on that night. Okay, he told them to get them a little lamb, a male, a yearling. All right, he told them, he said, and you shall eat the, the flesh of that lamb that night. Watch this, roasted, roasted in fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Now, watch this, do not eat it raw, nor boil it at all in water, right here, but roasted in fire. First is head, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. That's what the Lord showed me as a sermon for every one of these, mama. First is head, then it's legs. Then essentials, let nothing remain till morning, and what's remaining the next day, burn it in fire. That's four sermons right there. So I kind of blistered through all four of them that morning, not knowing I would get a chance to speak till next summer. I get to speak once a summer. I'm in a stadium. I get to speak once a summer. Once a summer. Okay. All right. So tonight, first the head. What happened to Jesus' head? His noggin. What happened to Jesus' head? That will, that, will, that will fix you tonight. Because huh? if you consider him, if you consider how he, he withstood and endured all the suffering that he did, you won't be weary. It will inject adrenaline in your soul. Okay. All right. So let's talk about that. So by taking into their body, eating the sacrificial male lamb, they were not only saved from certain death, but also made whole. This is how they were all made healthy enough to make the journey out of the land of Egypt the next day. So if somebody had a breathing problem, they'd eat a lung, eat in the brains and fix a headache, chewed an eyeball, would restore some, their vision, etc. The entrails, man, we talked about the innards. Everybody, anybody deer hunted in here? And you, and you, what do you leave out in the woods? The innards, the guts, man. You don't want to bring them back. Nobody wants to eat none of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? You, know what I'm you leave that back out there. Let the buzzards get on that. But they said, especially the innards, eat the innards of the lamb. Now, can you imagine trying to feed your kids, you know? <laughs> Here, take a spleen. <laughs> Here, David, here's a kidney for you. But what if you ate that kidney, dude? Talk to me. And, and all of a sudden, that infection you had in your lower back went away. Think about that. It's like, Mama, that lamb is looking at me. Eat it. Eat his eyeball. 
And I'll say, no, eat it, eat it, eat it. And the little baby's eyes got fixed. See how this works? Consider him. Consider him. Consider what he went through. Consider what Jesus suffered through. And it'll, it'll help you tonight. So what does the word suffer mean? What does the word suffer mean? The word suffer means to allow. I would talk about when I, when I, when I spoke before, the 19th, the 19th Amendment is women's suffrage. You know what that means? They got to vote. Jesus says, suffer not the little children to come unto me, right? The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. It allows violence. It goes along with violence. It endures it. It tolerates it. Jesus said, I can stop this thing, man. A legion of angels will come if I say just the right words. They'll be here to stop this. He suffered. He went through things. He allowed things. He tolerated things to happen to him from his head to his toe. We're going to talk about start with the head, first with the head tonight, so it would fix problems that are wrong with us today. Who's feeling me? Wave at me if you're feeling me about this. I'm in a stadium, Mama. There's thousands of people hearing me right now. Woo! Yeah. All right, let me calm down. I'm getting excited, man. So start with the head. Start with the head. Start with the head. Well, one of the first things they did, and Lord, show me this. One of the first things they did, just like they prepared that lamb on that Passover night, it's gross. It's bitter. But he said, if it's bitter, keep eating, keep chewing. They took that little poor little lamb, that little yearling, and they stripped him, right? They stripped his skin off of him. That's terrible. I'm just telling you what they did. Anybody that skin out a deer, you strip the skin off of it. Well, Jesus was scourged, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was burned, and by his stripes we were healed, healed. You can thank Pontius Pilate for having him scourged. But that's not what we're talking about so much tonight. We're talking about the head tonight. Start with the head. First with the head. Remember the scripture? Start with the head, then the legs, then the entrails, and what's left by the morning, burn it in fire. Okay, we're going to start with the head tonight. We're going to start with the head. What happened to the, to the cranial cavity of Jesus' head that will help you tonight? Okay, let's, let's keep going. Let's keep going. First, right after they whipped him, they scourged him. They abused him, man. And I asked the Lord today. He showed me, if you listen to the tape, I was so leery of talking about this because I know Jesus very well. He talks to me a lot. I mean, he talks to me a whole lot, whole lot. And uh, he uh, told me that, you know, one of the worst nights of his life was before, before they crucified him because he was uh, in, a, in a Roman prison uh, with really crazy demon-possessed soldiers, and they did horrible things to him. And, and I heard the Lord tell me that, and it broke my heart. It did. They abused him in ways that is embarrassing. And I said, Lord, you know, I, I don't know about telling, telling that and talking about that. He said, no, no. He said, I had, to be, I had to be abused every way a human could be abused so I can help those who have been abused. He said, that's it. He said, not very many people on this planet know that, and I've showed you that. And I said, well, you know, I need some proof. He said, look at Isaiah 56. And he said, you're not going to see what I see in this. Because Vanessa, I was talking about this last night. Isaiah 50, verse 6, I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who plucked out my beard. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. Now, you say, well, what does that mean? Well, Lord said, he was talking to me last night while I was sitting in my chair, and I said, you over, in, you over there in another world, aren't you? Yeah, Lord's speaking to me. Instead of his back, if it had said his chest, it had meant something different, Right? If it wasn't his cheeks and he said his chin, it would have been something different. It would have been something different. 
This verse right here, to those who know him, like I do, he was turned around with his back to them, and they had him by his beard, and they were doing horrible things to my best friend. The saliva, the spit, the shame. Lord says, look at this way, Matt. If I, if, I, if I referenced my chest, my chin, and pain, it wouldn't have been the same. But no, I referenced my back, my cheeks, shame, and saliva. He said, I've been there. I've been put through things. I know what it feels like to be abused. He said, you tell them, I know what it feels like to be abused and not doing, can do anything about it. The head. We're talking about the head tonight. We're talking about the face, the head, the, 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 the mental, the brain, the area. Start first with the head, with the sacrifice. Did I say that okay, guys? Did I say that? You say, I don't believe that. Don't. don't I don't want you to. But I know, my friend. I know when he talks to me. And, and if, you, if you know me and you know the relationship I have with him, when he tells me something and that I'm weeping about it the next day, and he's like, it's okay, Matt. It's okay, Matt. Because I'm crying. It's sad. It's like if somebody told me, it's like somebody told me something about one of my best friends I didn't know about. It's breaking my heart. I said, I'm so sorry. He goes, no, I had to. That was a check off the checklist for me to, for me to go through something that would help. He said, what if somebody on this earth went through something that I don't even know what it's about? He said, that's where we're at today. That's where we're at today. So if you've been through stuff that you couldn't do nothing about, Jesus knows. And see, what all this is heading to is through a horrible crucifixion, a horrible nine hours on a cross with, with spikes drove through your skin, fell off down a hole, can't breathe, your insides turn like wax. You die, you go to hell. Father God raises Jesus from the dead and fixes all of these problems right here. He fixes all of these problems. He fixes all of these problems. Now, if you boil it down, if you boil it down, those problems were not his problems. They were our problems put on him. He bore our sickness. He carried our diseases. He was never sick. He was never at one time needing of a doctor. But yet, he died a sick, poisoned, stinking, infected man. Remember when they put the, I hear him right now. When they put the, when they put the herbs on his body. Why? He stunk. He was infected, mama. He smelled like infected sores. He was sick. He was, he was wounded. He was bruised. He was messed up. His, his eyes was hanging out of his sockets, man. He was messed up. And, and, and Father God had to heal him. You can't heal a man if you don't, you can't raise a man if you don't heal what's wrong with him. Ask Lazarus. I hear God right now. I'm in a stadium. I have thousands of people listening to me right now. You cannot raise a sick man from the dead unless you heal him. You can't. So that's how by his stripes you were healed because it was your sickness it was your sickness, my sickness, that put him down. It was my sickness. How easy is that to believe? Consider him. Consider him. My God, I'm feeling this. All right. They blindfolded him and smacked him. And he said, prophesy who hit you. Well, that's how this whole, this whole message started probably two years ago. I, said, I was talking to the Lord. I said, why in the world did you let them do that to you, dude? I mean, come on now. I said, I said, it's you, bam, I'd hit you right back. You know, I'd have prophesied, I'd have prophesied about two uppercuts and a left-handed hook. You know, hit me again, I don't care. I'd have told you who hit me. He said, no, 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 by me not knowing, you can know. Ah, it won't blindside you, brother. 
Consider me. Consider what I did. So I just don't know what's bothering me. Yes, you do. He'll tell you. I just don't understand why that's coming at me like it does. Yes, you do. He was blindfolded, and it came at him. And he couldn't prophesy that night. He couldn't tell them. But now you can. He said, I don't understand that. You will. You will. What's bothering you? What's affecting you that you don't know what it is? Ask him. Say, I'm going to prophesy what it is. You're going to show me because you didn't know that night they were hitting you. I'm going to know what's bothering me. Because the first thing of fixing what's wrong with you is finding out what it is. My God, let me keep going. All right. Crown of thorns. This is where the Lord showed me so much. It was recorded in all three Gospels. Matthew's account. Uh, chapter 27, 29. And when they had platted, P-L-A-T-T-E-D, platted. Anybody ever platted their hair? Anybody seen their hair platted? When they platted a crown of thorns, they, if you're in your Bible, underline, they put it on his head, put a reed in his hand, and they bowed their knee to him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. They spit upon him. They took the reed and smote him. They hit him on the head with the reed. All right, the word platted, it's a Greek word, and y'all going to laugh at me because I don't talk Greek, but I actually had my computer going, impleco, impleco. I was practicing saying these words, and all my friends thought I was crazy, impleco. There's a word called E-M-P-L-E-K-O, impleco. It means entangleth. It tangles, so tangle something up. A person entangled in his lower garments or caught up in some kind of vine to trip someone into a fall. It's a planned trap. Think for a moment how they made Jesus' crown. Jagged, thorny vines were carefully woven together until they formed a tight, crown-shaped ring. Taking this into account, we see that the word implico describes something that has been carefully and deliberately woven together. So you could translate it. They had carefully woven together a bunch of thorny vines into a custom-fit crown just for him. All right, what does that mean? All right. As I was preaching last time, I heard myself say it. I didn't even have it in my notes. I didn't know. The Lord said to me that Sunday morning that the devil knows your weaknesses. That's why God says don't be ignorant of his devices. He spends longer than your lifetime planning a trap for you to fall in. And as I was with the rest of him before church, Lord, right up to the, right up to the end of this thing, Lord, show me stuff. He says he looks at, he looks at generations of family. And you've heard people say, you know, that runs in my family. You know, uh, uh, alcoholism, drug addiction, uh, you know, he was just a womanizer. All the men's in my family are womanizers. I've heard saying that. And so, at, <laughs> I shouldn't be so silly, forgive me, Lord. I'm going to make you smile twice. That was one time. Make you smile. <laughs> I'm in a stadium, Mama. There's thousands of people hearing me. <laughs> okay. So he sits there and he looks at you. He analyzes you. He looks at your family. He looks at what weaknesses you have, and he sits there, and he winds together, he schemes up, he plans a trap, and the trap ain't so much in your ankle like you would a, would a, would a coyote out in the woods, it's your head, because he knows if he gets your head, he gets your head messed up, what's that saying, the brain, the body will follow, you know, you know what I'm saying, you get your head messed up, messed up in the head, then the body will follow, and not only with the body, but the generations of bodies will follow. And I'm telling you, Jesus went through this to break the cycle. We're going to talk about that cycle in a minute. We're going to talk about that cycle in a minute. All right, look at here. Mm. 
what the Lord showed me today, he said, be sure to underline, man, that they put that on his head. They put it on his head. Well, I don't mean nothing. Yeah, it does. They put that on his head. He didn't, he didn't, they didn't say, all right, put this on your head. No, no, they stuck it on his head. They stuck it on his head. He said, what is that? What's, what's significant about that? Well, how many times have we put on our head the very thing that has addicted us? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and, and we get free from it. We'll run back on Friday night and we get a little money rattling around in our pocket and go back and stick our head up in there again. In other words, okay, here, here's something here. The Garden of Gethsemane, when he's talking about a cup he don't want to drink, right? Lord, show me. The only time Jesus ever prayed three times about doing something he didn't want to do, and I don't want to take his cup. He goes, sure, Father, nevertheless, not my will, but yours. He was making it clear, three times worth, clear, that it was not his will to eat the fruit like Adam did. It wasn't his will. It was not his will. It was Father's will. He was force-fed fruit. He was force-fed, if you will, a crown of, of addiction, a crown, a cycle of pain, uh, a, a circle of mess was stuck on his head, and it was against his will. See, it wasn't his will. The only will he had in it was to fix what was going to be wrong with us one day. My God, my God. You see, who sees that? It gets better. It gets better. My God. Lord, show me this. He said, it's very important. It says, wasn't his will, wasn't his will, we willfully put on the tangled trout woven by our enemy, our enemy just like Adam did, willfully ate the fruit. And there's something the Lord show me right here. They took the reed, and a reed is just like Moses' staff. It's like a king in his, in his scepter. Y'all have seen that. Y'all have seen the king. You know, pictures these old, 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 old kings, and they'll be, they have a crown on their head and a nice robe, and they're always carrying like a, like a big old stick. It's a, it's a rod. It's a scepter. Moses had one. And they put that reed in Jesus' hand. And, and here's what the Lord showed me. He said, Matt, they crammed this thing down on my head. He said, and, and, the, and the thorns poked into my brow. He said, it didn't pierce my skull. But the, but, the, but the thorns poked out and come down in front of my eyeballs, and the blood started flowing, and I couldn't see. He said, I couldn't see. He said, I wasn't trying to take it off. I was just trying to, watch this. Can you relate? Trying to adjust it. I was just trying to adjust it. And the minute I would reach up and touch it, they would take the reed that I was carrying, and it hit me with it. They would hit me with it. And I said, what does that mean? Well, when Adam sinned, the fall, the entanglement, he took us down with him. And every time man would try to get up, the devil's authority would come in there. You see what I'm saying? The devil had authority. It wasn't just the pain, the struggle, the trout we were in. We were in a trap, and we were not free to get out of it. We were not free to get out of it, my God. And every time we did, the devil had the authority to make it worse. Who sees that? Who sees that? Man, I saw that. And it happens today. What comes in my spirit right now? Withdrawal symptoms. You say, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm just going to stay where I am, man. The authority that, that this thing has on me, I don't, I don't, it's worse if I try to get out of it. Who can relate to that? I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. My God, my God. Okay. All right. So, it was a deliberate, planned, mental entanglement. A tripping up of the mind. This is what he paid for. This was driven home with authority, symbolized by the forceful hitting with the reed. Now, here's something, Lord, show me. The crown of thorns were a circle. So what does that mean? A circle, a circle 
represents infinity, represents continuousness, no ending, no stopping. And just I was I was singing, I was singing up there, missing words. Bethany, I always miss I miss my words. And the Lord was showing me, who knows when you let's be silly a minute to make a point. When somebody ain't all there, what do you do with your hand? You go, you take your do you not? Do you not take your finger? And, and hold it to your temple and make a circle over and over and over and over. Do you do, do not do Who's ever seen? Yeah, you did it with both hands. Huh? Who's seen that? Who's, who knows what I'm talking about? It's, it's in us. The continuousness, the over and over, the cycle, the cycle of pain, the cycle of destruction, carefully woven, custom fit, made for you, thought of before you thought you would get in it. That's what this is about. This is what he broke. This is what he went through. This is what he paid for. This is what he fixed in you. My God, this is so good. This is so good. But wait, there's more. Remember in, remember in Genesis, Adam and Eve sinned. And Father God said, Adam, the ground is cursed for your sake. And then after he said that, Two things begin to grow in the earth or in the garden. There's thorns and thistles, right? 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 So the thorns only came after the curse. The curse brought the thorn. Adam brought the thorns because the ground was cursed. Adam messed up, caused the ground to be cursed. God didn't plant no thorn seeds. Adam planted thorn seeds by cursing the ground, right? by the ground being cursed. Adam didn't realize he was cursing the ground, okay? Now, this is where it gets a little thick, gets a little heavy. The Lord showed me this today. Do you realize that you were made in God's image and in God's likeness? And you were made in his image and in his likeness to do the things he does. Who is big enough to wave her hand and say, I agree with you? Come on. You were made to do the things God does. And Adam was starting out. You know, the Bible says he helped God name the animals. I believe he helped create them, but that's just between me and God. I believe, I, I believe when they were naming animals, him and Adam was creating them boogers. I believe he was. I believe he was getting in there with God. And he had the same creative juices and same creative spirit and same creative, because he was supposed to take the garden around the globe, man. From pole to pole, he was going to take the Garden of Eden. And you had to have had creative powers to do that. Creating God's image, his form, and his likeness. Okay? Okay? So, if I was the devil, that would be the first thing I'd go after right there. Yeah. I'd go after. I'd go after your creativeness. In fact, I wouldn't just go after it. I would get it to where it's against you and God. See, if I could find out what you're good at, bro, and then get up in your head with it. And then I hear him. There's something good that you're good at that God placed in you, a gift, a calling. And the first thing the devil wants to do is get up in there and pervert that and turn that against you and God. Ooh, I hear him. I hear him. I hear him. I hear him. So man was formed by God to be creative and to produce just like him in his image. Man wants to be fruitful just like the earth itself, just like God himself. So bearing the thorns was far more than just redeeming fallen nature, right? It redeems our fallen nature. That portion of man that produces, 
the engine of creation, the engine of a creator in you. That's what he came to fix. In simple terms, how can you come up with the cure of cancer when you're hunting the next hit on a crack pipe? That's just it, like a redneck talking right there. How can you solve world hunger while you're down on your hands and knees trying to find the last roach that you smoked? Come on now. <laughs> yeah, I got you to laugh. That's two for you. I made you. That's two for him. I made him laugh one time. You see what I'm saying here? Man, I'm telling you, quickly, music was a stumbling block to me until I met Jesus. I was going to be like, I've talked with Mark Sunberg, my hero. I'll never forget in school, who you want to be like? Man, I was in about the eighth grade. I said, man, I want to be like Ronnie Van Zandt. <laughs> you don't even know who that is. You don't even know who that is. Sweet home Alabama. I couldn't sing like that then. I want to be like Ronnie Van Zandt. She said, what? I said, no, nah, man, that's, that's who I want to be like. That's what I want to be. <laughs> Call me the breeze, baby. Come on. Come on now. And music, music would have killed me. I guarantee you. I was just good enough to probably make it somewhere, but just bad enough to not make it good enough. <laughs> Does that make sense? And the devil's going to use the gift and call and put in me. God put in me. I told you one time, I woke up in the middle of the night. I was trying to get me a drink out the milk jug. Mama don't like that. They get me a little boom, 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 boom in the milk jug. Mama don't like that. But I like drinking out the jug, Mom. It tastes better. And I was looking at them homely pictures of my kids on the refrigerator. I was playing. Oh, Jesse's hair messed up. Mari, like, like if he'd been able to skill it. And I said, boy, I said, man, that's a face on their mother-in-law. I was laughing with the Lord. He said, your picture's on my refrigerator. What? I said, do what? Said, yeah, your picture's on my refrigerator. You big old teeth of yours when you was a kid. That big old teeth. Oh. He was holding a trumpet. He said, devil said, what's that boy? What's he going to do? He's going to play a trumpet for me one day. And then, 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 then Lucifer fell. He said, no, he ain't. I'm going to send him to hell with his trumpet. Yeah, to hell with that trumpet. That's what he's going to say. And why didn't I met Jesus that the things that God had for me to prosper me finally turned for my good. You see how this works? It's, it's led me before mighty men. It's, it's created a way for me in my life. Hello. Okay. I got a hush. What time is it? What time is it? I'm about through, guys. Y'all getting anything out of it? All right. All right. All right. So look at here. The woven thorns symbolize the result of a cursed planet only producing perpetual pain. Do this with your hand with me. Go, uh, 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 on perpetual pain. That, the, the thorns going round and around your head. He put us in a holding pattern. We couldn't break free from it. Picture all of mankind's potential, his spiritual, his mental, his physical fruitfulness being choked out and wasted by an unwanted invader, an invader that we welcomed. Yeah, we did. Come on in. Sit down with me. What you got for my flesh today? That's what we did. The results, this results in a hopeful, see, he said, I got to say it better than this. Because I was writing in my computer when the Lord told me, he says, this results in the hopeful germination. You know what that means? It's the seed, a seed bursting forth. This results in the hopeful germination of all of Father God's plans, ideas, inventions, and prosperous harvest for your life being ruined by circular cycle of destruction. Who can relate to that? Is it, am I talking to anybody in here that can relate to that? It's like if I could just break free from this circular cyclic, just let me off the merry-go-round. I done wrote it enough. Just like I was on that roller coaster the third time, I'm thinking to show y'all what's in my stomach if you don't let me off of this thing. And to top it all, the little girl before me, she's fine, but she, but she, but she, she, 
I guess the ride was so rough that she, she busted her nose and they had to stop the ride. And, and then Daniel's got like puppy breath breathing on me, and I'm fixing to just lose it right there in front of everybody. I'm like, let me off of this cycle of destruction. I'm about to throw up. I'm about to lose it. I'm about to lose everything. That's, that's where we were. That's where we were. My God, that's where we were. See, one definition, whoo, Lord, one definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting to get a different result. My God, who's heard that? Anybody heard that? They said Einstein said that. I just found it on the Internet, fit what I'm doing up in here. Doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting this time, this time around, this time around it will be different. Oh, it wasn't. All right, one more time around, this time around, a different. And we do it over, and we do it over, and we do it over. And the cycle, and the thorns, and, the, and the, every time we almost get free, the devil hits the thorns. Oh, my God, that's worse. That's worse. I'll just stay right here. That's what Jesus did for y'all, what he did for me, what he did for you. You know, I was looking at the Bible, and I said, I kept hearing in my spirit. It's funny sounding, but you know the relationship I have. I kept hearing in my spirit the loins of your mind, loins, loins of your mind. You know, Paul said, gird your loins with truth, your, your, your belt. You know, we've, we've talked about it before. I, I've told the guys in the jail that, that the father of lies, who is he? Who is he? Devil. He's trying to, he's, he's trying to father something inside you, you know what I'm saying? And having, have, girding up your loins, come on now, your spiritual loins, girding them up, Works like spiritual birth control. The devil said, you ain't going to ever make it. No, 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 no. And some of you may already got something conceived. It's time to abort, change this whole thing, man. See? But I kept, I kept hearing in my, in my spirit, loins of your mind. I never heard that. I never heard it. So I, I searched it. Sure enough, First Peter 1.13 said, therefore gird up the loins of your mind and be sober. See, right there what we're talking about. And rest. See, that's that's. This is, what, this is what breaking the curse of the cycle of thorns around your head, the, 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 the loins of your mind, the, the, the creative, the, 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 the thing that makes you more like God than anything that's ever been created, more than an angel, more than a devil, more than any animal that's ever walked on this earth, the loins of your mind, the creative part of you, your, 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 your soul, your, 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 your part that can, that, can, that can beat us like God. I mean, he can, he can come upon you and be inside you, and you can do the things. You can do the works of Jesus. Therefore, gird that part of you up. Gird up your loins, the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace. Well, Jesus, he graced you with this. That is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus. I'm revealing him to you tonight. This will cause rest. Look, I know it's time to go. Y'all want to hear one more point and we'll stop? Because I, I, I don't want to wear y'all out. I'm in a stadium. <laughs> I'm in a stadium. All right, so, so he was hit. He was blindfolded. He was abused. The crown representing addictions, cycles, problems that you can't get around or can't get away from going around and around and around. I even killed my wife. We was kidding. I said, honey, you're in a loop. You're in a loop. Let's break out of this loop. Let's break out of this loop. <laughs> She'll say, did I say something mean to that stuff? No, you didn't. A minute later. Are you sure? I said, we're in loop. Break out of the loop. Break out of the loop. That's just in a small way. But there's loops that's killing us. There's loops that we can't hold food down because of. There's loops going on inside of us that we've lost our kids over. Come on now. There's thorny spines of cyclic, cyclic, how do you say it, destruction 
is cause you to lose more than you ever wanted to lose in your life. Jesus broke it. He broke it. He broke it. He took that on himself and broke it. Last point. God, through Jesus, restored man to his rightful place and position. Y'all remember when you see the old paintings of the little halo you ever, seen, you ever seen an angel painted by some of these old guys like Da Vinci? and They put a little round circle on their head. You ever seen that? We talk, this fits into what I'm talking about. It ain't made of thorns, by the way. It's usually golden and it's made out of light. Okay, That's what Father God had planned for you all along. He anointed, anointed your head with oil. <laughs> He's the lifter of your head, right? How you say that? Anointed. He anoints your head with oil. He puts oil on your top of your head. He know what he does. He, he, he gives you the mind of Christ. That's what, he's, that's what his goal is. That's what he wants to do with you is to take the thorns out and put in his sweet thoughts. He wants to give, I hear him, give his beloved sweet sleep is what he said. He wants to anoint your head with oil. I said at that time, right. And see, he talks about what is man, but that you're mindful of him, a son of man that you visit him, for you made him just a little lower than yourself. And you've crowned him right here, crowned him with glory and honor. See, by Jesus receiving the crown of thorns, we receive a crown of everlasting life. This crown offers us freedom from all of Satan's plans, traps, and restores our place at the right hand of God, sitting right beside Jesus. <laughs> I asked him, I said, why do you want me sitting with you? So I can just turn my head and talk to you, boy. What he said? What he said? I don't have to call way off and bind you. You're right here by me. What he said to me? He said, because I just turned my head and talked to you right here. Woo! Who hears that but me? I'm in a stadium, Mama. I don't care there's 80 y'all out here. I'm feeling Jesus up in here like a madman. He said, because I can turn my head and talk to you. You're at arm's length from me. He just said that to me right there. You're right here. You're right here. I sleep with my wife. She'll come to bed late sometime over. I'm trying to, is she in bed yet? And I'm close to her, and she's up praying or something. I said, where was you last night? I was praying. You're next to me. You're arm's length from me. That's where we are with Jesus. That's where we are with God in Jesus, sitting at the right hand of the Father. I got one more point. I don't want to run y'all's time over. Last thing he did for us, he restored God's, not the last thing, last thing I want to talk about. <laughs> he restored God's original vision of you. What does that mean? The Lord told me this. He said, he said God rolls out plans before he does them. He don't randomly do anything. He's a God. Of, I asked him one time, I said, what's the biggest thing you like? Because I was expecting something to say different. I think I like good good kids. I like people that don't sin. I said, "What's the main? What what is your favorite thing? Like, if I could give you a birthday gift or a Christmas gift, and it's your favorite thing, what is it?" And he told me this: order, O R D E R, order. He likes order, Mama. He likes everything. Like when he told me that, I thought of a perfectly functioning Swiss watch. An awesome tuned Volkswagen engine. Look at Mark. <laughs> I told about my Volkswagen engine. We got a crank, but I've been studying for this sermon up in here. He likes order. Look at the planets. Look at the seasons. What touched me when I was watching one of them, one of them eclipses where the where the where the moon and the sun at night, a lunar eclipse. And I said, Lord, why why is the moon and the sun the same size? He said, because I like order, and I wanted you to see that. Years ago, the moon was bigger. It was closer. And it's farther away. Yeah. He likes order, Mama. He likes order. He likes order. Woo-hoo. All right. All right. He had a vision of you. You were at perfect peace. Everything in you functioned the way he set it up. Nothing was bothering you. You had dominion over everything. You could do anything he said. You could hear him breathe. 
you could hear his heartbeat. That's his vision for you. But you know, for him to fix that, the vision of Jesus had to be marred, M-A-R-R-E-D. Wow. And I found the Bible, Isaiah 52, 14. So his visage, so his visage, what he looks like, his image was marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men. What does that mean? He was messed up. God looked at him and he saw a mess. Just like when he looked at us when we were in Adam. We started out okay. We started out okay. But then we messed up and he saw every one of us in Adam a mess. A mess. I'm talking about a mess. We done been eating fruit. And I don't know about you, but I didn't even taste it. I'm like, what did it taste like? Was it a cluster? Was it juicy? <laughs> did it have seeds? You know what I'm saying? Well, I was in trouble for eating fruit, and I don't even know what it color was it. Was it purple? Was it red? I bet it was yellow. I don't know. God's favorite color is green. It may have been green. He loves green. He loves greens and blues. That's what he told me. He loves greens and blues. That's his favorite color. <sighs> so he's fixed your image. He's forever changed the way Father God looks at you. The way he sees you now is in Jesus. <laughs> That's good right there. Since his image was marred more than any man, he is able to repair you. He is able to fix the way you look. He formed you in his, in his image, his visage. And Jesus brought us back to the image God originally had for us before the fall of Adam. He restored the vision Father God had for you. He told Abraham he called things that be not as though they were. He called Abram, which means father, Abraham, which means father of many nations. That was, that was God's vision for Abraham, a hundred-year-old man, that his body didn't work. His male parts were long past their prime. But he called him a father of many nations. That was his vision for Abraham. You see that? Well, God has a vision for you. He has a vision for you. And all this was fixed when our dear Savior's head was wounded. Stand with me. Did I do okay, guys? Did I do all right? Yeah, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Yeah, man. Whoo, Father, we love you tonight. We know you wanted more kids. And we know you planted your best seed so I could grow up and be fruitful. Father, we know we're made in your image. We're made in your form and we're made in your likeness. And we're never going to forget what Jesus did for us. We've considered you tonight. We've looked at the crown you wore. We've looked at the thorny mess that was about your head. And we know that the crown of life you gave us represents power, legitimacy, victory, triumph, honor, glory, immortality, righteousness, and resurrection. You've placed that on our head. We've traded a thorny mess for everything you have. And Father, we love you tonight. We give you glory. Forgive me if I went long. You know how I'm excited about what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you all, man. If I can help anybody, come see me.